Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody here in the room. Good morning, everybody joining us online. Welcome. It's great to be here this morning. I don't know about you, but I really needed church today. I really needed church. I really need to be in church today. I, don't, I, don't, I was just feeling so thankful for our family here as a church. I was feeling so grateful to be here in this room, all worshiping together lifting up our voices in praise and in prayer and in adoration to Jesus. I was just feeling so thankful to be in church today. You know, sometimes you just need to be in church. Sometimes you just need to be in the family of believers, lifting up praise to him, lifting up worship to him, letting go of your weak and hurts or offenses or anything that's going on in your life or just the situation, letting go of all of that. Sometimes you just need to be in church. And so this morning, I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm thankful to be here. And I'm, I'm this morning, just I, I want to just pause and just thank God that we have the freedom to do this. This is such a privilege. This is such a joy to, to be able to be together in, in the house of God and, and all together online or on campus, joining together in worship and prayer to, and praise to him. And so anyway, I'm just, I'm thankful today. I'm thankful well, as, as Pastor Trevor said, we are in a, a series on 40 days of prayer together. And every one of these messages builds on each other because every week we're stepping into a different uh, aspect of prayer as a group. We're stepping into something a little bit different every week, and, we're, and we've gone from, from personal and home and uh, city and you know, and now we're on nation. And so this week we're going to talk about praying for our nation. But before we do, uh, I just want to open it in prayer and just, uh, just see what God wants to do. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we're just so thankful for your presence. Like that song said today, Lord, without it, there's, there's no meaning. Would you just come, Holy Spirit, and breathe on us today? We make space for you. We make room for you to come and say whatever you want. Do whatever you want here in this place. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Lord, even now, I just quiet my heart before you and ask that you would just speak through me whatever you want to say today. Or would you just come and have your way in this place? We ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, today our text is out of the book of Daniel. Out of the book of Daniel. And even when I, you know, so no surprise, when you're talking out of the book of Daniel, you're talking about a guy named... (laughs) Thank you. Okay, that wasn't a test. That was not a test. Um... You know, if you fall asleep on me today, that's okay. Do you know where I learned how to preach? You can say where, and I'll answer you. Okay, there you go. See, 
<clears throat> so I first preached when I was a teenager um, when my, with my dad. My dad, every other week, would go to nursing homes here in the Treasure Valley. And every other week, my dad would speak in nursing homes, and I would lead worship from whatever keyboard they had available, whether that was an organ, which was most cases. And we would like, so I actually, I actually learned how to lead worship like this. Because organs are never facing the crowd. They're always facing away from the crowd. So I learned, I don't really care what you do while I lead worship. You can do whatever you want because I learned leading worship like this. So you, you can, you're free to do whatever you want if I'm ever leading worship. But, you know, I learned how to speak at the same place. My dad would be like, hey, do you want to, do you want to share a verse today? And I would be like, sure. So I'd get up and share a verse. And almost all of the time, somebody in that crowd would be sound asleep and making quite a bit of racket in their moment of sleep. So if you feel the need to sleep, I would, you know, I would ask you not to, but if you feel the need to sleep, just know that's how I, I, that's how I was, that's my preaching experience. That's how I cut my teeth in the word was preaching to people who had heard it all before and were a little bit tired. So that's okay. If you hear the book of Daniel and you think you've heard it all before and you're a little bit tired, I totally understand. Because when I grew, I grew up in church, like I said, and when I hear Daniel, I have a lot of images that go off in my head. When you say we're preaching out of the book of Daniel, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a loaded weapon right there. You can do a lot out of the book of Daniel. You can say a lot of things out of the book of Daniel. So I just want to take a look at some of the imagery that goes on in my head. So you can put up that first slide. When I'm thinking about the Bible book of Daniel, I mean, that's a, that's a, that, <laughs> the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They're in the fiery furnace. And you know what I hear? I hear from the um, Hanna-Barbera series, Seven times hotter. That's what I hear when I see him stretch out his hand. See it? Can you see it? You, can you hear that in your head now? Yeah, now you'll never forget it. That's a, this, it's weird when I think of Daniel. Okay, next slide. Think like this. It's like, what is even happening right here? And if you want to explain it to me after, that's fine. You can try your best. Um, but these are the images that go on in my head. You can, you can do the next one. Yeah, look at that. This is actually in the book. These are, these are accurate, right? This is, a, this is in the book. This is a dream that he had. Like, so when I'm thinking about the Bible book of Daniel and it's my turn to speak on it, I'm like, whoa, there's so much we can do here. All right, next slide. Yeah, like, okay, remember the, he, the, he, the three Hebrew children? He puts up, the king puts up the statue and is like, everybody's going to bow down and worship him. And, and next slide. Oh, I don't, I apologize. The imagery, I just, <laughs> that's, that's from the often spoken of lost book of Daniel. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's a underdog prophecy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, put it off the screen before we get in trouble with Facebook. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, when, I, when, when I'm talking about Daniel, and I even asked my kids this this week at, uh, at breakfast the other morning, we were all just happened to be in the same room at the same time, which that happens about once a month. And there we are, and I was like, hey guys, when I say Daniel, what's the first thing you think of? 
You can put that up, Hans. What's the first thing you think of when I say Daniel? We're talking about Daniel today. This is it, right? You think of Daniel in the lion's den. This is what, this is what we think of. So we have lots of things that go through our head when we're talking about Daniel, but you know what I've learned as I, Daniel has this wild life where he's taken into captivity as a teenager and he's hauled off to a completely new land as a teenager. He's taken to a new land. He's forced to learn a new language. He climbs through the ranks in this new land to become a major player under, listen to this, four separate kings. One man serves four different kings, four separate governments. When we catch up to Daniel here, we're going to talk out of Daniel chapter 9. By the time we get to Daniel chapter 9, he's in his 70s, possibly 80s. By the time that image happened where you just saw him in the lion's den, he was 80 years old. He's lived this whole life of captivity. And I just kept thinking, like, how did he do that? How did he get through? How did he? Yes, he did get thrown in the, in the lion's den uh, for breaking this new law that was actually meant to trap him. But that whole incident only served to underscore the main theme of the book of Daniel, which is not weird animals with wings and horns. The main theme of Daniel can often get lost in all of the prophecies and visions and lions and this and that. But the main theme of the book of Daniel, as I see it, now you can correct me after if you feel the need to, or, you know, if you want to email me because you're late to the game, whatever, that's fine. The main theme of the book of Daniel, as I see it, are these two words. Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed. See, there's a lot of crazy things going on. There's all this prophetic and pictures and dreams and visions and lions, actual lions. Like, that actually happened. But the main theme, and I think, like, I think if Daniel were to say, hey, if we were just to be like, hey, Daniel, what was your secret, dude? You served four different kings. You served decades in one country that wasn't even your own. How did you stay faithful to God? How did you do it? He would have said, well, I... I prayed. You see, Daniel was alone at the top. Daniel was alone at the top. There's all of the, every time he rises a little bit further in power, it tells you where he's at. And at one point, the Bible says he's being considered to be third in power in the nation. Nobody above him knew Jesus, we would say. Nobody above him was of his faith. Nobody above him knew the God that he knew. In fact, it was exactly the opposite. Every situation that Daniel got in as third, fourth, fifth, wherever he was in the rank at that time in that kingdom, all that, the only thing he served to do as he prayed, he would pray and then he would take the voice of God to those in power. That was his role. Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed out loud to God three times a day with his window open. Those are all facts. Nothing I just said to you was an exaggeration. The Bible says he prayed out loud to God three times a day with his window open. That's actually what gets him in trouble. That's how we know. That's even why that story is recorded. That's recorded in scripture because that's actually the problem. That was actually what got him thrown in with all of the lions. Verse 
So Daniel prayed. As we step into this week of prayer, specifically focused on our nation, specifically focused on the United States, I think it's enlightening to look, to take a look at this giant of the Old Testament who walked out a consistent and powerful relationship with God through prayer. In prayer for our nation, we're really taking principles and methods that, in prayer that we've been praying and walking through for the last, this whole series. When you say, hey, we're going to pray for our nation, it's not that you just stand up and pray for America. That's, that's, that's not where it begins. You see, prayer for a nation actually begins in the principles we've built on the last few weeks. It builds on your personal prayer. Your prayer for yourself. Your prayer for your home. Your prayer for our church. Your prayer for our city. All of those things build to prayer for a nation. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. Our personal prayer, where we're praying and asking God to examine our hearts. You see, you can't go before God for your nation if God has not been allowed to examine you. Our prayer for our home. You can't pray for your nation unless God's been allowed to examine your home. Why? Because we're a nation of homes, families, together. Today, we're going to go back and forth a little bit between church and nation because Daniel does here. Daniel's praying for his nation in a nation that's not his own. That should not be lost on us. Daniel is praying for his nation while he is in a nation that's not his. We can do both. We can pray for our nation and recognize that we are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. We can pray for our nation all the while realizing that this world is not my home. So today we're talking about prayer for the nation. So Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. We're going to just read a few. I'm not going to put you through like I usually do where I read the whole thing and then we talk about it, okay? I'm going to give you a chance to catch up in between. So here we go. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from scriptures, according to the word the Lord had given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So just leave that up there for a second. In the first year of Darius, this is, he's saying, hey, this was the year I had an understanding about something that the destruction that happened in Jerusalem, this whole thing was going to last 70 years. Daniel starts off, this is how his prayer starts. This is not how the book starts. The book starts, you know, nine chapters before this. This is how his prayer starts. Why does his prayer start with this statement? Why does he clarify this state, his prayer with this statement? Daniel starts off his time of prayer for his nation, saying, I understood from the scriptures. He's looking for wisdom, for insight, for direction, for how to pray. And when he does, he gets that wisdom and understanding from the scriptures. He's praying according to the scriptures. Not the king. He doesn't get, he doesn't get like requests from the king and goes and prays for those requests for the king. 
Not from a newsletter that gets sent to him. It's like, oh, this is what we're praying for as a nation. Not from his favorite prophet on TikTok. That's a thing. Hey, some of you know it's a thing and you know it too well, so shut that down. (laughs) But listen, he gets understanding to pray from Scripture. This is huge. It's really easy to get our latest piece of wisdom from a meme. I'm just going to leave that right there. But as God is calling us to lift up our nation in prayer, he, I think he wants us to pray according to his word and his way, not just we, what we've sourced from endless circles of thought from our own social media echo chambers, but what he's actually saying and actually wants to do. What is he actually saying and what does he actually want to do in a nation? How do we know? We know. You can know. What did Daniel know? He says, I knew. What did he know? He's reading and understanding from the book of Jeremiah. And I think he did more than just count the years and do the math. He wasn't like, well, you know, if you carry the four, well, 70 years. No, he's reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah didn't just share numbers. Jeremiah said, repent. He's reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah didn't just share, well, it'll be 70 years and then it'll be hunky-dory. No, Jeremiah lays out a prescription for what to do as a people before God. Jeremiah was the prophet who was calling the people of God in repentance back to the Lord. So when he reads Jeremiah, do you know what he reads? Jeremiah 29 verse 8 says this, Daniel would have read these words before he prayed. He would have read this. Yes, this is what the Lord, God Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you have encouraged them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what Jeremiah, this is what Jeremiah writes. Daniel reads that and he's like, uh, then what do we do? We read this and see what God wants to do. He says the dreams you've encouraged them to have. It can be really tempting to follow a particular leader or preacher or voice that's saying things that just resonate with our own feelings. Why? Because it feels good to do that. That feels really good to just, yeah, just really, they just really resonate with me. If the word of God is just resonating with you right now, maybe take a look at it again. This isn't supposed to resonate with me. This is supposed to sharpen me. This isn't supposed to resonate with me. This is supposed to speak to me. This is supposed to address my life. This is supposed to help me change with the power of the Holy Spirit. The dreams you've encouraged them to have. Jeremiah warns us not to listen to the prophets who are just saying what we want them to hear. You know the old saying, it still holds true, and this is except for heaven and Jesus, of course, but if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I would go so far as to say, if it fits in 140 words, it might not be for you today. 140 letters. 
If it fits on one little screen on your phone, maybe click and go deeper. Maybe just go past what it says on the, on, in the graphic and go into what God says in his word today. Maybe let him adjust our lives with his word. Sometimes we need an adjustment. You know, a couple of years ago, I was having some crazy uh, pain in my left arm. And the pain went from just being pain to not being able to feel my left arm. And I was like, what? obviously, Kate is like, we're going to the hospital. <laughs> so we did. And he's like, you are not having a heart attack. And I was like, great. And he's like, but something really weird is going on. And I was like, well, uh, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> and then the, the, so the doctor leaves the room and he, I mean, he does all these tests and he, you know, they make you look away when they do the feeling test. Kate was like, they were like sticking that needle like into your, like into you. I didn't feel it at all. I had no feeling. And I couldn't figure out, they couldn't figure out what was going on. And then I go in to get an x-ray and the guy says that's doing the x-ray, he leans out and he says, you know, I'm not a doctor, but you could do with a chiropractic adjustment. And I said, thank you. That was the best $12,000 I've ever spent. <laughs> you know, he said, you know, I can't quite, and he's, he clarified, he said, I can't quite see what's going on in there. But he said, something is happening like, I can't even reach it. Something's happening like right in here. So I did. I went to the chiropractor and he literally, he said, this is going to hurt so much. So thank you for letting me know. <laughs> and he separated this muscle right here with his fingers. And he went down inside of my shoulder. And I felt the biggest pop. And I saw lightning like it was the 4th of July. And you know what? Instantly, I had feeling in my left arm. Yeah, it was amazing. It hurt a lot. Why? Because I needed an adjustment. I needed adjustment. I didn't need a doctor to say, you're good. I needed somebody to say, you're not good. You need some help. Sometimes we need to go back to the word of God and do something that's a little bit challenging to us so that we can have an adjustment that helps us feel. Some of us have lost, some of us with all of the pandemic in the last couple of years, we've, this has happened to me, I don't feel as much as I, I don't care, you know, Sometimes, <laughs> did I just say <laughs> I don't care. Uh, no, but we fall short in the caring area. We just are like, I just don't care about that. I just can't care. Some of us need an adjustment to help us feel, to help us care. Some of us need, the, and the word of God can do that. Why? Because the word of God tells me there's a hurting world. There's a broken world. You're in it, but you're not of it. What do you do? You pray for it. You repent. You call it back to Jesus. There's a, there is a, there's an adjustment that I need as a Christian. There's not an adjustment that the world needs. That's, that's a no brainer. We know the world needs Jesus. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is how do I pray and change so that I can impact the world around me? Like Daniel. I need an adjustment. So let's go to verse three. Daniel says, so I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting, in sackcloth and ashes. 
He says exactly what he does. He says, I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting. I hate that one. (laughs) In sackcloth and ashes. What is he saying? He's saying, I stopped eating. I changed out of my nice clothes. I put on sackcloth and covered myself in ashes. You know, I've gotten so frustrated with the things, the state of things in my country that I put signs in my yard. I've gotten so frustrated with the state of things in my country that I voted differently. I've gotten so frustrated with the state of my country that I've written emails to my senators and representatives and friends to do the same. When's the last time I got so desperate for the situation in my country that I stopped eating, changed out of my comfortable stuff, into rag fabric and covered myself in ashes. Never. You see, we've voted, we've complained, we've posted, we've shared, we've liked, we've trolled accounts that we disagree with, we've stopped spending money at businesses we disagree with, we've protested and stood on street corners holding signs, but when was the last time we stopped eating, changed out of our comfort into rags and covered ourselves in ashes and humbly cried out to God? This is the part of my sermon on the page where I have a little question mark if I was supposed to say that or not. I'm here to say that in all my years of church, I've seen far less prayer than protest. In all my years of church, I've seen far more prophetic theatrics than humble repentance. And in all my years of church... I've seen far more standing up for my rights than taking up my cross. I've seen all the complaining and protesting. I've been the complaining and protesting. I've lived that. But God doesn't respond to my complaining and my protesting. God responds when his people humble themselves and pray and stop our consuming and cry out in repentance humbly for his mercy. That's when God responds. We can say there's a lot of things that we want, but if we want God to step in, there's a way to do that. And it's prescribed. There's a way. Verse four. I prayed to my Lord and confessed. That's it. I prayed to my Lord, to, to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. You know what I love about that? That's the same thing that Ezra said, or that Nehemiah said uh, a book or two before. When he's praying and he's asking God, he says, God, the great and awesome God, who I know keeps his covenant of love to those who follow him for a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Why? Because they all had the prayer memorized, folks. The prescription was right on their lips. You and I have the prayer memorized. I'm not going to teach you today anything that you don't already know. Great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. I I bolded this part. We have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and rebelled. We've turned away from your commands and laws. We've not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of 
the land. Then he says, I love this. He says, I prayed to the Lord and confessed, we. I prayed to the Lord and confessed, we. He doesn't say, I prayed to the Lord and confessed, them. I prayed to the Lord and confessed, we've dealt with ours, they need to deal with theirs. He says, I prayed to the Lord and confessed, we have sinned. There's an ownership that he takes in confession. He starts his prayer with confession. We, not they. He also says that we've not listened to your servants. We haven't been listening. We've sinned and we haven't been listening. It's really easy to point out the they in any given situation. It takes a lot of humility and work of the Holy Spirit to humble ourselves and say we. 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 Verse 7. Lord, you are righteous. But this day we are covered with shame. See, he's contrasting. Lord, you are perfect. We are covered in shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of Israel, both near and far, in the countries where you've scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. See, he says, save us, Lord. We are everywhere. We have been scattered to the ends of the earth. Save us. We and our kings, our princes and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we've sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not, see, there's good news. There's good news. We've not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed against your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. You're like, man, this is a little bit of a heavy message when we're just supposed to be learning how to pray. This is how we pray. I pray by humbling myself before the Lord in confession and repentance. He goes on to say, Therefore the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, your servant, have been poured out on us because we've sinned against you. You fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing us Bring on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like has been done to Jerusalem. I love that part. Under the whole heaven, nothing's ever been done like this. Is that really true? It's never been this bad before, God. It's never been this bad before. Really, Daniel? Jericho? Sodom and Gomorrah? The flood? But see, his... so Daniel's, Daniel's a dude. He's a man. He doesn't always have perfect perspective. And he might be laying it on a little thick here, but his point is made. Things are bad. Things are bad. Verse 13, just as it's written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. See, he says, yeah, all this has come upon us and we still haven't done what we're supposed to do. The Lord did not hesitate to bring this disaster on us for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Verse 15, now the Lord our God who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, 
Listen to this. Turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to those around us. This hits pretty current right here. God, our sins and our atrocities of our ancestors have made us an object of scorn to those around us. Listen, God, we've made mistakes and those mistakes make us look bad. And in turn, those mistakes make you look bad. This is not a message for our country. This is a message for our church. This is a message for the church. Our mistakes have made us look bad. And in turn have made God look bad. And suddenly, we're like, where did our testimony go? People used to listen to us when we spoke. They don't want to anymore. We've lost a testimony because we've turned away from God. How have we turned away from God? We're no longer listening to him. And we've lost the testimony to our city, our neighbors, our nation, and our friends. Hmm. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city which bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. See, we don't come to him because we're great or we are the answer. We come to him because we are the ones that have the book and we know what to ask. We know what to do. We know what to say. We can repent. We can turn from our wicked ways and we can see God heal like he wants to. We know him. We know he's merciful. That's why we can even ask. Then in verse 19, he says, Lord, listen, Lord, forgive, Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. You know, like our prayer from several weeks ago, he leans into the character and nature of God and asks God according to God's character and nature, not according to what they've done, not according to who he is in his own righteousness. He asks God according to God's nature and God's ways and God's will. just a second, I'm going to ask us all to stand up and pray together. And we're going to pray out loud to God for our nation. And those feelings that you're having right now of being challenged, can we turn those into repentance and prayer? Because sometimes we can be like, whoa, I didn't really like that. And we can make a mistake by just being like, that's not for me. Instead of saying, wow, I didn't really like that. Was that for me? I will tell you, just like I told you earlier, I needed church. I needed this. I need to hear that God responds when I repent and when I pray. I need to hear that God responds when I repent for the atrocities of my nation, even though I'm one man. When we, when we pray in humility and faith according to the will and nature of God, listen to this. In, in, um, I just want to show you really quickly what happens at the end of this. Can we go to verse 20? 
He says, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and making requests to God, the Lord my God, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I'd seen, so an angel, the man I'd seen from the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said, Daniel, I've now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I've come to tell you. For you're highly esteemed, therefore consider the word of the Lord and understand the vision. We're not going to go into the understanding of the vision. We don't need to do that today. All we need to hear is from this, when we pray, did you see that? A word went out. Do you see that right there? When Daniel prayed, a word went out. When I pray for my city, a word goes out. When I pray for my family, a word goes out. See, Gabriel, Gabriel was responding to a word, a request, a petition. Daniel said, pleaded with God. When Daniel pleaded with God, God sent Gabriel to get the job done and show him what needed to happen. When you and I stand and pray and seek the face of God and plead with God, a word goes out in prayer. We need to understand that. Prayer is not this lifeless thing that we just do because we're humans and we need to feel something. Prayer is us making requests to God that God hears and that God answers. And while we may live in the time when his kingdom is still coming and things happen not on our timeline but his and we don't always understand how it works, what we can know is this. When I pray, heaven moves. And so... Today, I want us to stand up together and we're going to pray for our nation. Because when you and I pray, just like the principles we learned, like I said, when I pray for my own personal life and I say, like Daniel did, or, you know, like, like David did, search me and know me, God. When I do that, God searches me and he brings up sin in my life that I can repent for. When I say, God, search my home. He looks at my home. He looks at my relationship with my wife. He looks at my relationship with my kids. When I pray in faith, a word goes out. And I don't know what we each, some of us need to repent for some very specific things this morning. And I don't know what those all are, but I, when I said that some of us had, like we as, as Christians have lost our testimony, I know that that stuck with some of you. If that's you, then repent for that. But one of the things I kept hearing over and over and over was, as I prepared this message, was this. When we pray, for, when we start to pray for our nation, he always brings us to a revelation that addresses our own disobedience and where we've turned from him. And I believe that's this. In Revelation chapter 2, this is the verse I just kept hearing over and over. He says, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. You've tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake and you've not grown weary. <clears throat> Verse 4, I have this against you that you've abandoned the love you had at first. That's it. What do we have to repent for as the church? Our, you know, we really quickly, just like Israel, we forget our first love really fast. I don't even know how it happens. It happens so quickly. 
uh, generation to generation to generation. God will do something incredible and amazing. There'll be great moves of God. People will be getting healed. If you, you, you want to, you want to test this theory that I'm about to show you, you go back and you look at every great revival. God does incredible things. People are saved, healed, delivered, set free. People are weeping in the streets of Scotland, all over the, they actually in the streets. They're weeping and crying out and giving their lives to Jesus. One generation later, we've forgotten who he is. You see, we have the same problem Israel did back when Daniel was talking. We just forget who our first love was. And this morning, I believe that's the call to repent and say, Lord, I've been so distracted. And please hear me. It's really distracting right now. It's really distracting. And I'm tempted like Daniel to say, it's never been this bad. But no matter what it's like in the world around me, my hope is anchored in my love relationship with Jesus Christ and him alone. And so if I could repent for one thing this morning, it's that I've lost my first love. If we can repent for one thing this morning as the body of Christ, we can stand here together and out loud, just say, I don't love you, Jesus, like I used to love you. I don't love you, Jesus, with the same passion that I used to love you. And you can make a lot of, I can make a lot of excuses. Well, I've grown, I've matured, my relationship with Jesus has changed. I've gotten so... None of that really matters. So this morning with, just all over this room, with every eye closed, we're just gonna, we're just gonna repent and say, I'm sorry that I don't love you like I used to love you. And I'm going to ask that we do this out loud because it's important. This isn't something to whisper in the deepest parts of our hearts because it has to do with our love for the Savior. And so this morning, let's just say it out loud. Jesus, forgive me. I I don't love you like I used to love you. Forgive me for losing sight of my first love. Lord, forgive me for any area where I've I've looked at you and I've looked at something else and I've just chosen to do something else. Forgive me where I've lost sight of you. Forgive me for times when worshiping you I just am not as into anymore just because I, I'm just not. Forgive me where I've strayed from my first love. says um, the Lord has said it in his word he who knows how to do good and doesn't do it 
that is accounted to us as sin. And we are all guilty of that. That's the first thing he's inviting us to repent today. Yeah. So God, we do, we stand in repentance today. God, any area where we have walked past what we knew to do and did not do it, Lord, we repent. Lord, we repent for those little areas, Jesus, where we've seen you doing something and we have not chosen to partner. We've chosen to just do our own thing or walk in a different direction. Where we've felt your whisper and your nudge and your guidance and we've turned the other direction because we didn't have time or we just didn't care. Lord, I repent, God, for areas where I just haven't been, where I haven't been caring, where I haven't been responsive to the world around me that's in desperate need of you. I repent. And now that we're saying I, we're going to say we. So now will you just, just to you, just to you, will you just speak it right out loud and just say, Lord, we repent for the sins of our nation. We repent where we have turned our back on you. We repent where we have turned our back on the poor. We have turned our back on the needy. We repent where we've gotten into bickering fights because we didn't agree with them. Instead of just loving people and and seeing you do a work in our cities, God, we've gotten into these little fights, God. And so today, God, we repent where we've missed it. Lord, we repent. Just like Daniel did, we repent for a history of disobedience from you. Not just today, not just the things we have seen and the things we've seen in our day, but God, we stand and we repent for a history of things that we can see today. We stand in repentance to you today. Just let the Holy Spirit just keep doing a work in you. Just let the Holy Spirit just keep stirring in you. We're not in a hurry. We're not in a rush. We'll get you out of here. Just let's let the Holy Spirit just move in us today. I believe he's drawing us into a greater place as we say, we want to pray for a nation. He's saying, okay, then here's where we start. Here's where we start. God, today as we as we are in this 40 days of prayer, God, you're doing a work in us. Holy Spirit, you've been moving in our church and I'm asking that you move in our hearts and our lives today as we repent to you, as we cry out to you, God, today. Would you forgive us of our sin? Would you forgive us of our sin? Would you forgive us where we've missed the mark? And would you heal our land? Would you forgive us where we've lost our testimony? God, would you forgive us where we've lost our testimony and nobody's listening to us anymore? Would you forgive us, God, where we've lost our testimony? God, just forgive us for any area that we have knowingly just stepped out and done our own thing. Lord, forgive us for any area where we haven't known and we've just followed blindly. And Lord, now we're just kind of standing here going, now what do I do? Well, now we repent. Lord, we repent for any area where we've just followed blindly and gone along with things that people have said or done or things that are happening that we just said, hey, I'm into that. I'll do that. Hey, I'll speak. Lord, we just repent for any area where we have blindly followed into anything that you didn't want us to participate in. Forgive us, God. It's not just us that looks bad, God. It's you when our testimony is lost. Forgive us, God. Would you heal our hearts even today, God? As you're just stirring in us, would you heal these areas of brokenness in us? Heal these areas of brokenness in us. 
Like I said earlier, when, when we start to pray for our nation, God rewinds us through the points that we've been through over the last few weeks and says, how's your heart? How's your home? How's your church? When we start to pray for big things, God takes us back to the little things. So if you're feeling the little things in your heart, just respond to him this morning. That's right on. We start to pray for the large things. God says, okay, let's look at the little things again. God, we just want to please you. Would you forgive us of our sin? Or like Daniel prayed, Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, forgive. In your mercy, would you forgive us? Forgive us as your church where we've been quiet, where we should have spoken and where we've spoken, where we should have been quiet. Forgive us as your church. Forgive us, Lord. Would you hear our cries today? Would you forgive us? Forgive us, God. And would you act? Would you act on behalf, Lord, of our, of our city, of our nation? Would you act, God? As we stand in repentance to you, God, would you act? And would you light a fire in us, the fire of first love that burns only for Jesus? That all of the ministry that's happening out of Vineyard Boise and all the ministry happening, Lord, out of Vineyard USA, God, in every city, in every state, all across this nation, that our ministry and our service, God, would come out of a heart that's burning for you, Jesus. Would you restore to us again our first love flame? Would you restore to us again our first love flame? Lord, every heart that's grown cold, Lord, I repent where my heart has grown cold. Lord, I repent where my heart has grown cold and hard. Would you soften my heart and would you set my heart aflame again with your love? With your love, God. With your goodness, with your grace, with your mercy, would you set my heart aflame? call to prayer for our nation is a call first to return to our first love. Anything else simply feeds the cycle of what makes us feel better. So God, today we, we cry out like Daniel, would you forgive us? Would you heal us? Sing these simple words. Want to sing it out, and then I invite you guys to sing it. Uh, I think there's something powerful about us singing this together, just in response to what the Lord is doing this morning. Really simple. As we repent, come heal our land. Just that. As we our land as we repent come here oh, I just invite you to sing that together as we repent Lord come here our land we need you as we repent come here 
as we as that is, painful as that is, that we just repent, God. I want to encourage us this week, you know, every day this week there's a new prayer point that we're going to pray according to as a, as a church. And as those happen, just pray from, can we do those prayer points from this place where we are right now? Repentant hearts, humble hearts. You might even feel God say, hey, fast one day this week. I don't know. because I feel like God's wanting to do something in us as a church this week as we pray for our nation as we pray through the prayer points that we do it from this repentant place this humble place because we can pray there's a lot of problems going on in our nation but the only answer to the problems is repentance and intercession That's the answer to the problems. Repentance and intercession from a heart of passionate, burning love for Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray for us today. And um, after this, I'm going to put up the the points from the message today so you can just take a picture of them if you need to or whatever. But um, we're going to pray. And then please feel free just to stay where you are and just keep meeting with God. We're just going to keep going for a few more minutes, but God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this church. God, and I just ask that you would have your way in us this week as we cry out for our nation, Lord, that you would lead us into a new, uh, powerful relationship with you in prayer. God, that you would stir once again our first love flame for you, God. Stir the coals of our heart and would you ignite our heart of love for you once again, Jesus. We just lay our hearts before you in repentance, God, and ask that once again you would do this work in us, set our hearts ablaze for you, Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need to stay and just hang out with God, please do so. We're just going to press into his presence together. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.